It's the 13th of September, 2021. We've just been sincerely chanting the recollection of the Buddha, the Dhamma, the Sangha. And we've been cultivating a heart of metta, of loving-kindness towards all beings, wishing, may I be happy, and may all beings be happy. So by doing this, we are developing metta, bhavana, panya, vimuti, finding freedom from suffering, finding liberation through the qualities of metta, panya, of loving-kindness and wisdom. So metta is one of the four brahma-viharas. You have the the divine abidings of metta, loving-kindness, karuna, compassion, uh, mudita, sympathetic joy, and upeka, equanimity. So when we cultivate metta, this kindness, we wish, may I have happiness and may others have happiness as well. And karuna's compassion is the wish that may I be free from suffering and may all beings be free from suffering. And mudita, this sympathetic joy, is having a heart that finds gladness in the goodness of others and ourselves as well. And so it rejoices in that goodness, in the success that we ourselves come across, and the success of those people that we love as well. And so when other people succeed in any way, then we have happiness for them. If they succeed in their studies, if they succeed in their work through upright means, um, then we rejoice in that goodness. And so if we see anyone, or we notice anyone that has goodness within them, this goodness of virtue, this goodness of generosity, then we, Anamodana, we rejoice in that goodness too. Or if we know of people who are really intent on developing samadhi, and collecting their minds, making their minds stable, or people who have ordained as novices or as monks, those who have ordained as matis or uh, bhikkhunis, nuns, then we have uh, gladness and we rejoice in that goodness and in their sincerity. Well, for those people who have practiced already, who have good mindfulness, who have samadhi which is firmly established and have gained wisdom, then we, Anamodana, we find joy in their goodness too. And by finding this joy, we don't ourselves waste anything at all. And rather what we do is we uh, put jealousy at bay. We manage to reduce the jealousy in our hearts. And it's natural that this jealousy is there because that's just the way of the defilements. And if people gain good things, um, it's normal to, for us to want these things as well and for there to be some jealousy that comes up. But when that happens, we're not reflecting upon cause and result. We don't think, well, why is it that they're getting these good things? We don't reflect how these things don't just appear out of midair, 
They just don't just magically float down. But rather, they need effort. But that's not how success uh, in one's occupation or in one's study comes about. And so when people succeed in these things, they do so through their efforts. When they're studying, for example, then they really give that their best. and They focus on that study, and so they can meet with success. And that requires this sincere intention. And so in our studies, in our occupations, we need to pass through many, many obstacles in order to meet with success. And perhaps others will criticize us or look down on us. Maybe may go overseas to a country which is more developed, and they may look down on countries or people from countries which are less developed. And so we need to endure with these words, with this criticism, with people um, insulting us or looking down on us. And we can think that the, these words can turn into a power, into an energy, which can make us be even more intent on growing, on developing, on being better. But if when we receive these words, we have thoughts of disliking, then the heart just becomes ill at ease, it gets uh, saddened. So we should try to abandon those kinds of thoughts, because they don't give us any benefit at all. And if people criticize us, look down on us, then we should think that, well, I need to succeed now. I need to really set my heart on this. I need to put an effort. I need to endure. I need to practice. And so when we are studying, um, then it requires this effort, and we need to, uh, to use our powers of endurance as well. And we also need to have a mind which is, which has mindfulness and which has an all-round knowing of what's going on. A mind which is contemplating constantly. And so when we have mindfulness within our hearts, then there'll also be wisdom which comes up as well. And then we can think, well, how can we do this, this job to the best of our ability? How are we able to fix things, to improve things? So these are the qualities of focus in what we're doing and this analysis over what we're doing as well, these qualities of jitta and vimangsa. And these help us to develop both in terms of dhamma and also in our worldly occupations as well. And these are the qualities which lead to success. So when we have hearts which have the qualities of kindness, compassion, sympathetic joy, and equanimity, um, then when we live together and people find fault with one another, then we won't blame anyone. And this is Upeka coming up. But these days, it's often not like that. And these days, things are very much opposed to the Dhamma. 
And when people have kindness for themselves, they've got love for themselves, sometimes that is excessive. And it goes to the point where they start harming other people due to the love they have for themselves. And that's just not correct. So the Buddha taught that we need to have kindness for both ourselves and for others as well. We need to love ourselves, but not in a way that makes us harm others, because that's just not right to be doing that. And so there's a comparison uh, for metta. And it's like if there were four people who were caught, and the one who caught them said that he wanted to kill one of those people. Then someone, say with kindness, uh, would be willing to sacrifice, to sacrifice their lives. But one who was developing upekka or had upekka, this quality of equanimity, would think that I am just the same as other people, that we're no different in any way. In this mind of equanimity, it's not given into liking or disliking. And so it finds no difference between ourselves and others. But it's a very difficult uh, quality to develop uh, to this level. So when we receive any sense impressions, when we perceive a form or sounds or odors, tastes, tactile sensations, or whether there's a dhamma, a ramana, a thought or an emotion which arises in the heart, um, then, so these things can happen in the present moment, but also sometimes there's recollection, there's the sanya that comes up over these experiences that we've had in the past as well. So perhaps we can remember the things that we experienced when we were just a small child, when we got a bit older and we went off to study at school, or when we uh, joined the workforce. And we recollect these sensory experiences that we had, and there may be a liking which occurs. And so this liking appears once again in the present moment. We may think about a movie that we've watched or music that we've listened to. And so the mind recollects these things and it feels at ease, it feels happiness. And so with uh, when we recollect these things, these adita, aramanas, uh, things that happened in the past, and then this is sanya appearing within the heart. Or perhaps we think about things that may occur in the future. So if this is to something that we don't like, then this aggravates the heart and makes it all stirred up. But this is, if it's a sensory experience that we've had in the past, this is memory coming up within the mind. And then we take possession over that experience and we understand that it's me. We attach to that in the present moment as being a self. And so these sense impressions that we had in the past, we take those as being me the mind attaches to them, and perhaps disliking arises. And so there's this feeling of, of aggravation, of the heart being all stirred up, of being averse to that thing. And 
here is suffering arising within the hearts in the present moment. And isn't that how things are? But when we experience a sensory impression that we like or that we don't like, then that's merely what it is. It's just a sensory experience. And so if there's a sense impression which we like, then we know that. We know that in the present moment there's this liking, this attraction which has come up, and we have mindfulness over that. And so when the mind is given to liking, then we know that liking. If the mind dislikes something, if it experiences a sense impression that it has aversion to, then we know that as well. We have mindfulness with that. And if the mind goes and attaches to these things as being a self, liking, disliking arise, then we shouldn't worry about that. But we have mindfulness there, knowing that that's what's happened. Because right now, we're still practicing. We're still walking this path. And even sotapanas, stream entries, they still have this liking and disliking. Lady Visaka still cried. Anandapindaka still felt sadness uh, over his daughter's death because he thought that she had died without much mindfulness. That she had stayed very, or she had been very close to the Buddha and just before her death, uh, he asked her, how are you feeling, are you okay? And she said, I'm okay, little brother. And so he thought that she had gone crazy and that her death was a bad one, she'd gone to a bad place. But the fact was that she was actually a Sakatakami, uh, that she was a once-returner, and she had attained to a level of Dhamma, uh, an awakening higher than that of her father's. And so that's why she called him little brother. And so Aryas, these noble beings, still have liking and disliking. This is something that is normal within their hearts as well. And so when this liking and disliking comes up, then we look at that, we observe it. We have mindfulness there over those feelings of attraction, of aversion, seeing that these are just one kind of dhamma, one kind of quality that has arisen. And the things that don't stay, the things that don't endure, they're anatta, they're not self. And they've arisen due to causes. So if this mind doesn't have knowledge, if it doesn't know the truth, then it will attach to all of these things as being a being, an individual, a self, or another. And it really, sincerely, firmly clings on to all of these things as being a self. Whether it's form or feeling, or perception, uh, mental formation, sense consciousness, and these five khandhas. The mind clings on to these things. But the mind isn't the khandhas, and the five khandhas, they're not the mind. These five khandhas are not me, and I am not these five khandhas. The five khandhas, they're just qualities, or they're just uh, these phenomena whether they are physical or mental phenomena. 
But it's the delusion in the heart that makes us cling to these khandhas as being me. And this is the cause for suffering to arise. So therefore, suffering comes up because we attach. It's because of the delusion in the heart that we attach. So we need to practice. And if we don't practice, then we'll never gain knowledge. And there will always be this ignorance there which clouds over the heart, which owns our hearts and orders our hearts about. And so we must be ones who are intent on training our minds. We need to be really sincere in this as well. We also need to endure with this too. We need to put in our efforts, we need to be cautious, we need to try. Because the present day and age, the world in this day, it's so fast. And these sense impressions, they come to us so quickly. There may be something that's happened in a different hemisphere, but we can instantly know that news. And it's not like how things were in previous times. In times gone by, things were much slower. We needed to send news uh, via letter. And so the sense impressions, they arrived uh, at us, to us, uh, much more slowly. And so that was 50 years ago. But in the 50 years that have passed by, things have become so much quicker. And this communication now just doesn't take any time. It's, an, it's instant. So therefore, these sense impressions, they arrive so quickly. And whether it's a sense impression that we like or one that we dislike, it can instantly arrive uh, at us. And so this news comes towards us uh, so fast. And if we have a lot of interest in that news, then we won't be able to find any peace in the hearts. So therefore we need to know how to lay this news, this information aside. Because we are ones who are seeking out peace of heart. And so we need to turn our gaze inwards and look at our own minds so that they can come to peace. Because all of the lights, the bright lights, the sounds, the things of this world, they're all hot and they make our minds hot. They don't make them peaceful at all. And they just make our minds get distracted and become delighted in these things. And they can also make our minds sad as well. But what they can't do is make our minds bright. And isn't that right? Isn't that how it is? And so there's no light equal to the light of wisdom. And therefore all the lights that we have in nature the light that comes from the sun, uh, the radiance of the moon or the stars, or the brightness of lights that humans create, none of this is able to make our hearts bright or radiant. And if our minds don't have knowledge, then they'll just get darker and darker than they were before. So we need to train these minds. We need to train our minds so that they can find their true home. And this is how Lumpucha taught. He asked us, where is our real home? Do we have it yet? Have we found it yet? 
Our physical homes, they may be very big and grand, they may be small, they may be mansions of millionaires, but these are just there for our physical bodies. What about our hearts, though? And do our hearts need a home as well, and have we found that? And if they don't have a house, then they'll always be suffering. So we need to build up goodness, and our hearts need this goodness, these qualities of generosity, of virtue, and of mental cultivation, of sila, dhamma. So there needs to be the sila, there this virtue, and there also needs to be dhamma as well. So both sila and dhamma. So the sila, it's the precepts that we take, which are things that we refrain from doing. And then the Dhamma is that which we need to cultivate and develop. So when we have kindness and compassion, sympathetic joy and equanimity, then it makes looking after our precepts easier. It's not something that's difficult to do at all. Because we have kindness for ourselves, and we don't wish to harm anyone else either. So in building our true home, well, we all know what our external home is like, and we all know how we need that for our bodies. But we also need a home for our hearts as well. In this real home, it's something that's very deep. So that's what Lumpucha taught us to do, to build this real home. And so we need to build up goodness the goodness of generosity, a virtue of meditation. And so may all of you be sincere in your occupations. May you be firm in those, have effort, so you meet with success. And those children uh, who are still studying, and study well. And also try to play uh, computer games, video games, very little, but rather put your efforts on studying. So you can maybe play these games 5% and be studying 95%. And then you go off to work, then set your hearts on that and work well so that you can meet with success. But even when we meet with success, then we'll know that this, these things that we've gained, they're not a genuine home. And in order to build this genuine home, we need to give it all we've got, to really train, to really cultivate our minds, to have mindfulness which knows uh, all physical and mental things that are going on, that's up to speed with them. And through doing this, what we're doing is building this real home within our hearts. So may all of you be sincere in this.